Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 285 of the Talking Chop podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. It is late into the evening on a Sunday. In fact, it'll be Monday on the East Coast by the time we're rec- done recording. And because it's that late and because it's his time, the Austin Riley Defender is logged on. Scott Coleman is here. Hello, Scott. If it takes me, I don't even know the right word, hating, as a, uh, as a sideline <laughs> reporter would say, hating on Austin Riley for him to have a couple good games. I mean, hell, the way the offense has gone, really, the first three and a half weeks of the season, maybe I got to do a little more hating if it helps them wake up a little bit. But um, good to be on, Brad. And uh, not not the best Sunday for the Atlanta Braves baseball club. And Oof. hopefully hopefully better days are on the horizon here. Yeah, so listeners that are frequently uh, checking in with us may know this, but we, we don't normally go crazy out of order. You know, especially during the season, I like to kind of – you know, we have this document we work, we work from and kind of add to it. And generally, there's like a pretty linear flow from game to game and like to cover all the games. We'll, we'll do that a little bit later on in the podcast. But when as big of a disaster occurs as what happened today on Sunday, uh, April 25th, we have to start with that and probably spend a lot of time on this because it was one of the worst uh, regular season days in recent memory, like maybe the worst since they got good, like the last, like four years ago, probably. I mean, maybe I'm missing something. Uh, you know, non-injuries, all that stuff. I feel like this has got to be the worst regular season day in four years. I, mean, I can't think of another option. When you when you yeah. get swept in a doubleheader with one hit, one hit, not 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 one run, one hit in fourteen innings. Like I know it's I know there I know these are sort of weird games, and the seven seven inning no hitter thing happened today. We'll get into that, but broadly speaking, like it couldn't go much worse than it went today. Yeah, uh, you know, you hope you never want to read body language too much for professional athletes or at least I, I I'm not a big believer in that but man you would hope that today was kind of a wake-up call I mean if you play 14 big league innings and have one hit total I know it's not officially in the record book a no hitter but I mean effectively a no hitter in the second game and um oh, goodness gracious I mean as a fan it was brutal to watch and I hope that as you said, that's about as rough of a day as the Braves have had since they got good. Maybe it's a little bit of a wake-up call and, and get some of these guys going. But yeah, it was it was tough to watch on Sunday, to be sure. It was excruciating, which everyone knows that's listening to this podcast. I would assume uh, if you're listening to the show, you are probably a diehard, which I appreciate. Um, but we'll go through what happened today in case anybody was you know driving or vacationing or just gave up at some point, which I wouldn't have blamed you, frankly. It was, <laughs> it was, it was as bad as it could have been today. Yeah. So... In retrospect, kind of an ominous start to the day. Um, Ronald Acuna gets hit by a pitch on the first 
uh, in the first plate appearances uh, of game one today. He stayed in, which is good, but that was maybe a, a bad sign for the rest of the game. Uh, there was a no-hitter bid in the first game, obviously. We only have one hit, but mm-hmm. they didn't have a hit until, uh, what, there was one out in the sixth, and that was Freddie Freeman. And even yeah. that um, was not like a screaming line drive. <laughs> like, their, their <laughs> one hit today was not mashed by any means. There was some defense yeah. played by Arizona, but um, we'll start there. I mean, they got one hit, two walks, and a hit by pitch in the first game. And promptly after Freeman got yeah. a single, it was a double play by Ozuna, which is again on brand. Yeah, it wasn't even like that ignited a little bit of a rally to make it a game. It was literally the next pitch was a, a – I mean, Ozuna hit it pretty well the third, but it was just a tailor-made 5-4-3 double play. I mean, it was just kind of – as you said, the game started on an ominous note. I guess if we're looking for something to be thankful for, uh, that ball could have very seriously injured Ronald Acuna. Just anytime a guy gets hit with a hard fastball in the hand or it in didn't the wrist, look, it yeah. didn't look great at all. Let's just say no, that. no. And he and he hunched over. Thankfully, he looked okay. Of course, he stayed in the game, played in game two. So I guess if we are looking for a, a positive out of losing back-to-back games with one hit, uh, it's that Acuna didn't suffer a broken hand, which is crazy to say. But um, yeah, it was it was a bad start to the day. Thankfully, nothing worse. Uh, and, and realistically, at this point, the Braves offense through the first three and a half weeks has been just kind of hope and pray that Ronald Acuna does something amazing. And on the days when he hasn't been Superman, it, it's been a loss. So I guess that is the one uh, silver lining of today's game is that he avoided something catastrophic. Agreed, because it, it did not look good. Um, briefly on the run prevention side, which also was not great today, by the way. Uh, obviously, all the attention is going to be paid to the offense, but they they did give up what twelve runs in two games in fourteen innings, which is not yeah. what you want. Yeah. Um, Bryce Wilson gave up gave up a two run homer in the second, a solo homer in the third. He was not completely awful, to be fair. Uh, Grant Dane gave up two runs. Jesse Biddle was the best pitcher for the Braves today, which is uh, an upset. <laughs> we'll say check that one off the bingo card. Uh, yeah. Two two yeah. innings, one hit, and three 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 Ks for Jesse Biddle. Um, there was one odd procedural moment, actually, yeah, one odd one. We'll say. Dansby came out after the fourth inning, and there was some speculation that it was injury-related. I saw that on Twitter. I don't really understand that. But anyway, it was because he came out. But it was a pretty interesting decision on some level. It didn't matter a ton, but they double-switched him out, I guess, to give Dayton another chance to pitch more or something. That was a weird one because Dansby wasn't injured. He started the second game. But because it was so early, and I think the seven-inning thing kind of throws people off as well, but that was just a moment that happened. Dansby's been bad this year, which is like maybe they were just trying to give him a breather or something i don't know it was odd. A, yeah a 30 minute three inning breather i, yeah. I don't know um yeah it was a on a tag play at second base if you missed it it did look like his wrist kind of bent back a little bit and of course he's had a, a wide variety of injuries in his young career so i guess it's a good thing that he felt well enough to play game two but yeah i, I figured when they pulled him he was hurt or they were just being cautious or wanted to really examine a wrist. Of course, we know how delicate those injuries can be. Um, yeah, kind of odd. I, I guess if Snit was banking on maybe really needing his bullpen and, and was going to just lean on Grant Dayton for, I, I don't know. It was just an odd situation all the way around. Yeah, I think that probably was it, honestly. Um, just the fact that they were already down. Not It was not over, but they were down by, what, four, five? four at that point um yeah, yeah and knowing that you have a doubleheader maybe you want to just get as long as you can out of date and that, did, that didn't work out either by the way but um i don't know just kind of an odd moment and the other one 
this is not a big deal at all, but before I forget to say it, I had this thought. I would have started Contreras at catcher in the first game. Now, this is not a big deal, but he was the 27th man today, so they're allowed to have the extra guy. I, I get not having him with a big club right now. We talked about that a lot in the preseason. But I feel like if you have him up, just play him, like try him once. I don't know. Again, not a big deal at all. I just want to make that note before I forgot to say it. Yeah. I, at this point, I want Alex Jackson to be successful. But I, he, I mean, they're not even competitive at bats. No. Like you see him up there and it's not like he's hitting line drives all over the place. And you're like, oh, okay, you know, it's just some bad luck. He'll figure it out. Like it's like, I, I think it was, uh, was it Friday night's game against the Diamondbacks where they intentionally walked Alex Jackson to face, uh, you know, Oscar Noah after <laughs> yeah. he just doubled. And like everyone on Twitter was like, they just walked a worse hitter, like legitimately a worse hitter than, than, you know, it's the way that he swings pretty well. Um, I mean, yeah, oh, at oh. this point, I don't know. We we talked in the offseason about the, the trade-off of Contreras only playing once or twice a week. So far, Darno has started every four out of five days, but Travis Darno is really struggling, so maybe he would benefit from a little more time off. I don't know. It's, it's a bad catcher for as good as it's been for the Braves. Um, it has been very, very bad in the first couple weeks. All, all jokes aside, I mean, again, I'm not trying to pile on, on, on Alex Jackson either, but you get kind of a freebie here. Like, the whole reason to have Contreras down, in theory, would be to have him play every day, but you have him up for insurance, which makes sense. You're going to add a third catcher for a doubleheader. I totally get that. But, like, Alex Jackson, for his career, again, this is supposed to be, it's like 40 plate appearances, but he has a negative WRC+. plus. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not good. Um, no. It doesn't have to always be that way, but uh, I just would have maybe, maybe given Contreras a couple of the bats today. That's well, cool. and it, it feels like the big spot always finds him, too. And I'm sure it's just selective memory, but I swear anytime Alex Jackson's in the game, it feels like a bases loaded situation comes up or, or whatever it is. That's not his fault. He's doing his best. By all accounts, he was a hard worker in the minors. Um, it was kind of given this job. I mean, of course, they didn't bring back Tyler Flowers, who's working in the front office now. Um, but yes, for as good and consistent as the Braves' backup catcher has been over the years, uh, maybe they want to give Contreras a half a season or at least a month or two in the minors. But at this point, I mean, I, I think they might even be considering looking at free agent options, right? I mean, I, I, just, I mean, Tyler Flowers in the front office, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Just, just throw on the pads. Just, just, just bring just him downstairs. Yeah. It's, it's been, <laughs> it's, it's about as you, I mean, a negative WRC plus, I don't care if, if you're the world's greatest defensive player or a hell of a teammate or whatever. I mean, that's unplayable at the big league level. Um, uh, again, it's it's not like it's um, a super critical position to backup catcher. You hope Travis Darno is able to get going, but um, yeah, it's been rough. Uh, yeah, it has. Okay, let's go to game two, which was more somehow more brutal. Um, Madison Mumgarner, who has not been good this year, uh, he entered the day with an eight point six eight ERA. I know he's Madison Bumgarner. I know he's a World Series MVP, and he is a big-time player in the past. At this point in 2021, he's not very good. And he faced the minimum today. Uh, I guess technically not a no-hitter, and I want to know what you think about that. Let's just start there now. He he did not allow a hit, Scott, in seven innings. It, it, it does not qualify as a no-hitter because of the MLB rule. It's, it's in the rule book. They knew this going in. That seems very dumb. To me, just my opinion, where do you yeah. fall on the is it or isn't it a no-hitter situation? I, I think it should be a no-hitter. 
I agree. That That's kind of where I'm at. I mean, look, they play seven innings. At the end of seven innings, as long as there's not a tie, the game is over. It's an official, I think, the great Jason Stark for ESPN or The Athletic, wherever he is, forgive me. The Athletic. Um, no. He said that officially, if you throw a one-hitter in a seven-inning game, you are credited in the baseball record book with a one-hitter. What? <laughs> but if you throw a no-hitter in seven innings, it does not qualify in the baseball record books That's even as a no-hitter. That on. is. Tell me that's not the most baseball just being dumb in 2021 thing you've ever heard. It is. Uh, that's that's insane. I mean, again, this is not if the Braves had thrown one, we would spend 10 minutes on this right now. We're not <laughs> going to do that now because it wasn't the Braves, but it just that that's insane. I, I missed that. So that does not track. Uh, but yeah, no, no hits, no walks. Only one reached on an error and it was erased immediately by double play. So like this is a, this is as close to a no hitter slash perfect game as you can basically get in seven innings. And it's not like, again, this is not a guy who is in his prime. He's not dominant. He throws like 88. Like, man, it this, was, yeah. I don't even know this what to say. This was bad. Today was honestly for 14 innings. And, and, and with a, it was as bad of 14 innings as I have seen the Braves offensively in a long time. I mean, they, they were barely even competitive at bats. I mean, this was not one of those, like in the first series against the Phillies, it was like, okay, they, they hit some balls well. Yeah. The Phillies had a bunch of bloopers that just went under a glove, you know, whatever. Get them back. It was 40 degrees. Like, there was no excuse today. I mean, it, I don't know, man. I know there was – Bumgarner had a great postgame. <laughs> uh, he, he thanked the Shadows at Truist Park and Rob Manfred for the seven-inning doubleheader game, um, <laughs> which was great and just, like, deadpanned good. and then just walked off being the guy that he is. Um but yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, again, it was just, I mean, honestly, it was embarrassing. And I know these guys are millionaires and, and they probably care and then they get the postgame spread and it's out of their mind. But I would hope that this lights some kind of a fire because to be one hit over a double header, I mean, that that's pathetic. Yeah, I mean, just for some more brutal context, uh, Elias Sports had this, but the Braves are the first team ever to record one hit in a double header ever in the history of baseball now ever. granted this is 14 innings versus 18 and that, that yeah. does that does matter no one's sure. saying it doesn't but still it, the, the point stands ever if it's for the first time ever anything in baseball they've been playing the game for like a hundred and whatever years yeah that that's a problem that's that's my point obviously there's an asterisk on the 14 inning part of this but still that tells you how brutal some of this stuff was uh we could go over this in a minute and we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna spend some time on the offense uh, after the break but uh, one quick note on game two also. It seemed like at the beginning of game two today that the focus might be on Drew Smiley. So we'll spend some time on the, on this. Uh, I will say I, I defended the Drew, the Drew Smiley signing. Um, I will own that. Mm-hmm. I still would. I would just small point out it's three starts. That's all I'll say. It's only three starts. Don't panic yeah, too much. Only, only three starts. Oh. <laughs> Listen, okay. I'll, I'll take the bullet here. I, I said this already. Uh, Max Freed has three starts this season with an 1145 ERA. That's all I'm oh, saying. Yeah. Yep. It's three starts. Uh, if I had to bet, I would say now I would not bank on Drew Smiley being anything. So just to be fair, I'm saying yeah. right now today, my opinion is this is not going to go very well probably. Yeah. But I would just say it's not completely over. There's there's this like – I saw some people talking about like releasing Drew Smiley today on oh. Twitter, which yeah. you're not going to do. Um, but regardless, he, he was not good today at all. Uh, he <laughs> gave up a first pitch home run on his first pitch off the I.L., which is not what you want to see. You miss like what 10, 12, 14 days, you come back, first pitch over the wall. 
Uh, then has a walk, a double, gets gets two outs, and then another home run, a three-run bomb to 4 nothing. Then Austin Riley has a throwing error, and then another double, and it's 5 nothing in the blink of an eye. Uh, he gave up six runs in four innings, so he was better after the first. But, um, yeah, 7.2 ERA and three starts, mm. which actually is not as bad as I thought it was, honestly. I was thinking it was, like, over 10, based on what I just watched. <laughs> yeah. So, Scott, uh, Drew Smiley, should we just, like, give up on trying to defend <sighs> this now? I mean, I, I just said that I, I kind of I still maybe am a little bit, but I don't know, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as long as Max Freed and Mike Soroka are still not 100%, you have to, I mean, you can't give up on him on April 20. Oh, not now. As, yeah. It's too no. early. You got to pitch I mean, him for a while. You probably give him, I don't know, four or five more starts. I mean, again, that that's the risk with this. It was a one-year deal. Um, I, I really think with Smiley, if he was added in February, yeah, like a, at a lower price, people are like, okay, whatever. They signed him to be a, a fifth starter with some upside. Agreed. There was some intriguing things in his profile, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I get, I looked it up. The Braves, he was like the first free agent to sign by a mile. Wasn't it like mid-November, right? November 16th for $11 million. Like who, you can't tell me. I know Anthopolis said that they really liked him and that was their guy and all that stuff. But you can't tell me that Drew Smiley had 20 teams calling him in that first week, like a week after the World Series ended. Well, we talked about this at the time, too. Like, we had a session. I think we came to this consensus on the podcast. I think it was either... Obviously, me or me or you or me and or me and Eric, but I thought that they almost paid a tax to get him to sign. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Anytime, yeah. Any, anytime a guy signs that early, it's almost like, okay, Drew, you might get a multi-year offer, but don't take it. Instead, we want to only give one-year offers because that's what the Braves do. <laughs> uh, yeah. But what it's like? All right, what if we give you one eleven right now? Will you sign it today if we give it to you, knowing that they were probably overpaying a touch? on the market because they thought that maybe he'd get a multi-year deal. That was my thought even in the moment. And that's as someone who sure. was defending the move. I thought it was perfectly fine. Honestly, did. am I, am I well, wrong? Probably, but like, <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's, it's sound reasoning and logic there. Well, in my, in my point always, and not to do this whole thing again, but I think because 11 million is an eight figure number instead of a seven figure number, people yeah. get freaked out. Like if he signed for 9.9 million, would it be, would it be any <laughs> different? I think the reaction would be different. As funny as that is, I really do. But it's just funny to me Like people don't understand that one year, 11 million. Yeah, it's a lot of money, but it's, there's a reason it's a one year deal. And the size of that deal is not as big as people think it is. But regardless, it, it looks, it looks bad when you have a modest payroll, you cut payroll and you give yeah. Drew Smiley $11 million. That, that's, exactly. the, that's the combination. If the Braves had spent money other places and did that and missed, it's easier to take. Also, if they didn't have Cole Hamels last year in a similar spot, right? And miss on that, people would or be even, a little bit more or forgiving. Even, and again, I we could go for hours on the, the you know the the moves the last couple of years, but you know even the Dallas Keuchel one, like he ate some innings for the team, but he got killed in his two playoff yeah, starts. He was or fine. they didn't play super well. You know he he was not dominant, right? Like he ate some innings when a team needed him to eat innings. But it was not like this. Oh my God, what a what an awesome! It was not Josh Donaldson for the pitching staff. Um, yeah, I mean, it's three starts. Hopefully Drew's able to figure out something. Yeah, uh, it would be nice. I mean, again, yeah. I watched, I watched every pitch today. He, he was better after the first inning, but who cares? Um, once, once the damage is done, the damage is done. Right. I, I just, yeah. Yeah. I understand the lack of patience level. I know you have been, uh, 
I would say anti Anthopolis for the most part when compared to me and most people. Uh-huh. Uh, you're looking, I think, right, more right than you were before. <laughs> before. But uh, I just think it's honestly the biggest thing is that I believe that if Hamels had not happened last year, yeah. mm-hmm. it would be a little bit easier for people to swallow. But because it's back-to-back, you have these two eight-figure, one-year pitching deals, left-handed veterans. Like, they all... It, On the wrong side. It yeah. all looks right. the same. And because it didn't work the first time, and the first three starts have been about as bad as it could have been the second time, there's, like, a pitchfork atmosphere, which I understand. I mean, it's not going well. No, no debate well, about that. And if the Braves we're 15 and six that too <laughs> and everything was rolling along and it was like oh they're really good four out of five days out of the week or through the rotation and then it's oh shit drew smiley day like here we go um yeah i, I don't know man uh, anyway hopefully yeah no i mean by all accounts drew worked hard he had a, a pretty solid end of the spring and really his first start against the phillies was not horrible no it wasn't um, but today was just not competitive maybe he was just still not 100 percent after missing a start with the elbow that is the thing. I mean, we are known for our, uh, we're known for being massive homers on this podcast, Scott. If I wanted right. to do the homer uh, side of this thing, I would tell you that it was the first inning after he had been on the IL, and then he was better after that. And I would really lean into that. Uh, it, I won't do that for you now because I don't believe it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I just wanted to point out that Max Fried's ERA is four runs higher than than Drew Smiley's. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's been bad all the way around. It has. Let's, let's be sure the good news, and then we'll. I know we gotta. Uh, we'll, we'll, move this puppy along, but okay. the good news is the National League East has been remarkably average. Correct. Like, I think even as bad, I mean, just about everything other than Ronald Acuna Jr., just about everything has gone wrong for Atlanta the first couple weeks, and they're like two games behind the Mets. Like, that. that's... There's a scenario where if one of these teams was like 17-5 and five, and off to a great start, and the Braves were eight games back. I know it's April, but you just don't want to be in that situation. Thankfully, they aren't in that situation right now, and uh, hopefully they're able to get out of this sooner than later. Yes, that is well said. All right, but with that as the backdrop, we'll go to a break now. We'll come back talk about the offense more broadly because that's also the, sort of the top story right now after today, and we'll get into the rest of the week, what transpired quickly, and much, much more. So hold on tight. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Scott, let's discuss before we move on to what, sort of what transpired on the whole here. The offense, aside from Acuna and Freddie to some extent, has been uh, quite bad. I, I want to lead with the one positive story sans Acuna this week, and that's Austin Riley. So we'll start positive because that's all. That's what we are, Scott. Positive. Austin Riley had a good week, even with yes. Owen, even with Owen four today. His his WRC plus is one hundred four for the season. Mm-hmm. That is a that's a number that you will take and run with Austin Riley. Um, we have not been the biggest Austin Riley people. I made a joke earlier about you getting uh, dunked on a little bit on Twitter this week, <laughs> uh, but yeah. honestly, he has had a really good week. He had some great plate appearances. He had a home run, a couple of good walks. Like he, he looks objectively better. Is it his massive sample size? No, but right now he is the third best hitter on the roster this season. Yeah, which is remarkable on one hand, but also it does show you that he had a heck of a week, which is uh, a positive. Yeah, you take it. I know. You know. I think it was Tuesday. I was looking at his numbers. I realized he didn't even have an extra base hit to that point in the year. And, and look. I know I come off as a hater, critical of players at times, and, and <laughs> if that's if that's how you see it, that's how you see it. But pointing out stats that a player is struggling is not being a hater. It, it's it's pointing out stats. Um, and trust me, don't 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 tell don't tell the broadcast team. I know, can't yeah. have that. Ugh. It's yeah. okay. Um, but absolutely, Riley had a really encouraging week. He had a fantastic at bat against Aroldis Chapman in the ninth inning of one of those games in New York. Um, of course, the home run on Friday night looked good. Uh, he seemed to be seeing the ball a little bit better. He had the home run in, in New York on, I think, Wednesday night it was. So, yes, it's encouraging. Again, you're talking about a stretch of like nine plate appearances here. So I, I don't think we can call him Chipper Jones 2.0 just quite yet. But it was encouraging. And for an offense that's been so lifeless outside of Acuna and occasionally Freddie Freeman, it was very encouraging. You mentioned his 104 WRC plus on the year. If he can do that, great. That's that that is more than serviceable. Batting seventh or eighth in this order, um, but for him, it's just a matter of finding that consistency and continuing to have good at bats and hitting for power. I know that's not sexy, but if you could tell me that Austin Riley is a league average hitter and a league average defender, that's a player that you're totally fine with right now yeah. with what they, yeah. with what they need there with what he's not making. He's making no money as a, as a guy under control as a, as a, as a you know, some, some recent prospect, you know, is he capable of more than that? For sure. Obviously the power has not even necessarily manifested this year on that one home run, but uh, yeah, you'll take what he's giving you right now. Um, all right. Let's with the positive out of the way. Uh, the other starters, the other full-time guys have not been, good even freddie has not been quite freddie like he's been totally fine he's a 113 wrc plus but he's not even been like a star level player so far he's been like obviously above average but not like himself but the other four regulars darno swanson albies and ozuna have all been varying levels of bad and when you factor that in with what they haven't gotten from pache when he was healthy enders out i mean heredia and adrianza have been good which is funny but um the the honestly 
the four guys, Darno, Ozuna, Swanson, and Albies, you just cannot, this offense is not built to withstand all four of them not being good. And that is what's happening right now. Yeah, it's four of your six guys in the top of your order. I mean, you, you no lineup can withstand that kind of, of poor play. And, and look, we talked before the season began, Travis Darno was out of his mind last year. And he's he is not this bad either, but, you know, he was like one of the top 25 hitters in baseball last year. That is not who he is. That being said, there's, there's no reason to suspect that he was going to be as bad as he's been through the first three and a half weeks. Um, Ozuna historically, of course, last year he had the amazing year. Somebody pointed out historically, April has been a pretty slow month for him. Yeah. He's a slow starter years. Yeah. And he was streaky. I know Craig Mish, friend of the program, used to always <laughs> joke that Ozuna would be slow and then he would single-handedly carry your offense for a week or two. You hope that that's coming. Um, Ozzy Albies, if you look at his batted ball profile, it's pretty good. He's hitting the ball well. He's, he, you know, his exit velocity strong. I, I'm not too worried about Ozzy. Um, Dansby, he's been well-documented. I mean, Ugh, at this point, I, was, I had this thought earlier. I don't know how you feel, Brad. Um if Dansby Swanson wasn't a former number one overall pick, if you looked at his career numbers as a whole, he's would he still be a starting everyday shortstop for well, a team that's trying to win a World Series? Well, we've kind of seen the Braves have uh, that framing is interesting because the Braves have a couple spots like that right now where there's they are doing that kind of stuff on a team that's won yeah. the World Series. But anyway, um, I, I I see your point. I will I will only point out. And I think your your point overall is correct. Mm-hmm. He was good last year, so he was. that he was. the reason that would tell you yes because he was good last year, um, on the whole. Um, but I, I agree with your point. Like his pedigree certainly helps him in terms of bolstering how entrenched he is. I would say, um, mm-hmm. and and the glove helps too. Like he made a couple great plays sure. this week defensively. Yeah. Like no, I'm, that's yeah. a lot of that's a lot of it too. But there is a baseline where you got to hit and. Another guy talk about streaky. I mean, Dansby's always been that way, as sure. we, as we, as any Braves fan knows. Like he's either lava or ice, basically at all times, which is uh, manageable when you're lava more often than he's been so far this season. But I mean, it's a small sample size. But his his OPS is five forty six. He's striking out thirty one percent of the time. Like he can't live like that. So I, I take your point. I think his leash is longer because he has the prospect sure. status that he has. Um, <clears throat> but they also don't have any internal options. I mean. That was my eyebrow raised when Snit said today that they just pulled him for it was an injury and he came back and started. Like that's a move that you don't see a top level player happen to. Like you don't you don't see Freddie Freeman get pulled in the fourth inning for no reason. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's obviously not not a fair comp because Freddie's an actual star. But even like pick a guy, Ozzy. They're they're not going to sure. double switch Ozzy out after the fourth inning of a game. That's never happening unless he's yeah. injured or you're down by a hundred. And in no way am I saying, you know, oh, they got to pull the plug because you're right. I mean, there's no other option. And this is a big year for Dansby. You're going to play him just about every day as long as he's healthy. You have to see what you got. But it, it was a thought I had. And of course, you met, I mean, he has gotten better to his credit. And you look at his rolling WRC plus over the first four years of his career. It's progressively gotten better. The defense has been steady. Um, but again, it was it was a thought that crossed my mind. He's he is, of course, just another guy on this list that has gotten off to a bad start. And again, if the Braves were 15 and five and everybody else was rolling merrily along and Dansby was on a slow start, maybe you just lower him a couple spots in the order and say, Oh, you get him right. He'll be fine. Um, but when the team is struggling the way it is offensively and below 500 
at the end of April, um, I, I think everything just gets magnified and rightfully so. Um, but he has been not great other than a no. solo homer in, in Washington, his offense, he did have a triple, uh, I think it was Friday night against Arizona, which was encouraging, but just, just not a great day. Yeah, I mean, all the guys, like, you sort of went down that list there. Albies is the one I'm not worried about either. Like, his bad is incredibly low. It's 148. And for a guy who runs like he does, like, that's not going to stay. Plus, with like you said, the bat, the bat ball profile is good. The combination of his legs and him hitting the ball hard, I don't worry about Ozzy right now. Um, and Ozuna, a slow starter. By the way, he has one extra base hit this year. That's uh, not what you he, want. He was, when I was looking at that today, he was worse than I thought. Yeah, like, I mean, he's, I he's walking head. a lot. He's walking a lot. Yeah. That, that's helping him, obviously. He's on base a lot because he's been getting a lot of walks, which is good. But, and he'll hit. I mean, we talked about this before in the preseason. Like, we thought he he and Darno were going to regress, and they sure. have. Are they better than this? Yes, they oh. are. So, yes. there's a middle there. I know everything is always polarized, but no one thought Ozuna was going to do what he did last year. No one, including us, and we were happy that we were, we were happy that they signed him. But he was not going to re- replicate that. He hasn't. Same with Darno. Like Darno was not going to suddenly be Johnny Bench. That wasn't going to happen. But these guys are still better than this. The only guy I'm actually worried about a little bit is Dansby. Yeah, because of the because of what we just talked about. So we'll mm-hmm. see. But the Braves are bottom ten in OPS now uh, after leading the majors last year. So that's it's still early, but that's that tells you why they're struggling at least on some level. And then you, you flip it around, the team ERA is also second worst in the league. So mm. it's honestly amazing that their that their record is as good as it is. <laughs> as funny <laughs> as that is to sound like to say, go back to yeah. what you said earlier. They're only two games back in the NL East. If you told me just the stats and then said, okay, how many games are they back in the NL East? It'd be more than two. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I talked a minute ago about the NL East standings, but man, other than Ronald Acuna, like what has gone right this year? For the Braves. I mean, I know, I know Pablo Sandoval has been a nice surprise and stuff that matters though. Like a couple hits, but like there's, there's no super feel good story going on right now. And and Acuna cannot be expected to be Superman for 162 games. I mean, a hell of a player, an insane talent, but he's, he just like any good player is going to slow down. Um, He's going to inevitably have a, a, you know, a stretch or two where he's just not hitting you know, ending the night with four hits and someone else has to pick up the slack. And again, it's early enough. We're talking about the end of April. There's still five months to go, but something has to change here. I, mean, I just it's looked just this brutal up. To watch. I looked this up. Okay. Um, we just spent a bunch of time talking, talking about the bats. The only little, I mean, the guys who matter. So not the bench guys. The only guy playing above their normal baseline is Acuna on the entire roster of the guys who matter. Yeah. On the pitching side, to your point, I mean, there are guys who are pitching well. Like, Charlie Morton has been good. Yeah, Anderson's, Inoa. An- Inoa Inoa is a Anderson surprise. and Enoa. Like, those three yeah. guys are the are the guys. And even then, Morton's, like, kind of been what you thought, not better than you thought. Yeah, and same with Anderson, too. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been he, he's solid, a low three ZRA. Like, he's been yeah. good. But Enoa had the one blow up. Like, last week, he had a terrible start, too. Like, his he feels better than he's been, actually, because of that one blow up that he had. But to your point, like I'm looking at the at the stats right now, there's not anybody that you could say is like definitively better than you thought they would be, no. other than Enoa and like Sean Newcomb in the bullpen before he got hurt, and that's like <laughs> kind of, that's kind of right. it. I mean, honestly, yeah. uh, Smiley bad, Freed Oof. bad, Minter bad, um, yeah. Will, Will Smith close. Av- yeah. Will, Will Smith average. Um, 
Grant, Grant Dayton and Jacob Webb, bad. Um, yeah. It's just not good. I mean, it's again, I feel like to spin it all f- somewhat positively, this shouldn't continue on this level. I, I mean, front of the pro- front of the podcast, Demetrius Bell tweeted today, like the Braves just aren't very good. And it's like, yeah, I mean, right now they're really not. No. But they're only two games back. And if you look at this stuff, these guys, not everything's going to be fixed. Like suddenly Daisy's not going to be a great you know, all-star player. But if you look at the numbers versus baselines and what they've done so far, it should improve. And they're not down eight games in the division. So if you want to take whatever you want to take from it, if you want to be a sky's falling person, you have some evidence right now. Today was awful. If you want to be an optimist, that's there too. If you, It's not hard to find optimism here with what they've done so far based on what they should be doing. You know, I, I think ultimately this team is going to figure it out. I, do you feel similarly? I mean, I don't think we're looking at a 2014 situation where the team was coming off a playoff appearance and then just, you know, it was kind of a spiral in the beginning of the end. I, I don't think that's going to happen here. Um, I oh, think they're going yeah. to figure it out, but there's... Clearly, last year, even with all the pitching injuries, the Braves had legitimately half of their lineup have a career best year last year. Freddie Freeman, career best. Marcelo Zuna, career best. Travis Darnot blew the doors off his career best. Dansby Swanson had a career best year. Adam Duvall, I mean, you're talking about range of outcomes, was probably in the top 5% for him. When they were healthy, Acuna, Ozzy. So I guess my point is, is is that for as many things that went right last year, even with the pitcher injuries, the, the Braves are due some good luck. They're, these guys are not going to continue to struggle quite this much. You just hope that they're able to get healthy and, and just start to balance out a little bit. And again, they're only two games out of first place, and it's April. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, to your point here, and honestly, we're going to kind of forgo our normal, you know, day-to-day grind on this podcast because we've gotten into big picture, which I think is good right now. Um, I'm going to give you a, a hypothetical here, Scott. So 538 is like the most commonly used projection system right now. It's easy to access. It's easy to understand. They project the Braves at 83 and 79 right now with a 38% chance to make the playoffs. That yeah. seems low. Yeah. Now at the same time, I understand it because, you know, one, almost one eighth of the season's over. They're sub 500 and you know, you have to take that into account on some level. So is it like, I guess the only question now is like, how worried are you? My answer would be more worried than I was two weeks ago, but not jumping off a cliff worried because of the division, because it is so early still. And this team is a high baseline, but we also weren't like talking about the Braves as this like runaway favorite in the least either. Mm-mm. coming into the year so this is not a situation where, where the dodgers are, are are you know what the braves are right now and they're struggling and no one can understand what's going on Th- there is a chance the braves just aren't that good now i'm not telling you that's definitely definitely the case but it's not been a f- like a, a total fluke so far would be my only point yeah I, if i had to bet today I, I would certainly take the over on the 83 wins the what was it 38 percent chance of making playoffs that yeah seems... and 26 to win the division that, 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 that all seems, seems low ish. I mean, uh, now again, you're talking about a computer versus eye test and all that, but you know, the Mets certainly do not look like world beaters. Currently they have like one and a half good starting pitchers on their team. <laughs> the Phillies are effectively the same team. They've been the last three years. They have the names, but they just find ways to lose games. 
the Nationals are a mess. Strasburg's hurt. Corbin is has Cor- been what, terrible. What Patrick Corbin, by the way, Patrick Corbin is know. like broken at the moment. Yeah, uh, they've, yeah, they, they've they've fallen. I mean, hey, I've said for years, if the Braves want to win a World Series and then be terrible for a couple years after, like I would happily sign up for that. Right, <laughs> like banners fly forever. I'll think about it the rest of my life. Um, yeah, they have issues, and then the Marlins, you know, they have some pitching injuries, and the lineup is just horrible. Um, you know, thankfully, again, you don't want to keep it's April 25th in a month. We hopefully aren't having the same conversation of, well, the Braves are playing terribly, but at least the division isn't too hot. Um, but ultimately, I, I do think this team is too good to not start to figure it out. Will they win 98 games like a lot of us were thinking? Probably not. I mean, it, they would have to go on a hell of a run. Well, that's the, the thing. At, th- at this point, some of the upside is yeah, quelled. Like, it's not impossible. We've seen teams get hot. Famously, we all we all made, we all made fun of this, but the Nationals were that national season where they won the World Series, and it was the record since X date stuff for months on end. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, we made fun of that, but barring a run like that, like some of the high end outcomes in the regular season are probably out the window now. Like I can't see the Braves winning a hundred games now. They could no. still, I guess it's it's possible, but sure. that no longer is a projectable outcome. I don't think when you start this way. Now it's still a small sample size. So, you know, again, less than one eighth of the season. It's just hard to go win a hundred if you start this way. Um, but you know, you can win the division at ninety one and seventy one, and no one cares what the final record was. Like honestly, right. at the end of yeah. the season, if the Braves won the division by a game at ninety one and seventy one versus winning the division at ninety eight and seventy four. Do you really care? I think probably not is the answer. No, I mean, get into the dance and see what happens, right? Like we know we've talked forever on this podcast about it's just about getting hot. The Nationals were the perfect example of a team that just found its stride and and rode a magical wave and the planets aligned. Um, Not that you can just bank on that happening if the Braves don't lead almost. I mean, it's almost foreign because the last three years, the Braves have led almost like wire to wire in the division or maybe not quite, but like from May or June on Um, for the first time, it's it's just not happening and it feels so foreign. And I think that's, it's easy to be discouraged and disappointed when it's been as rough as the first couple weeks have been, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, they're nine and 12. They're they're not, they're not six and 20 here. And you're like, Oh my God, like, are they going to start selling? There's no chance of that. um, Barring just something catastrophic happening. So, um, nine and twelve. It feels like a bad nine and twelve, but again, there, there's so much baseball left to be played, and hopefully, they start to get some of these pitchers healthy, and the bats are going to come around at some point. You just hope it's sooner rather than later. Yeah, and before we get out of here, that's a good place to sort of end the uh, the broad conversation. Uh, one quick note that is Arizona related, so you, it's your person to just say something about Ooh. this. I found this wild. Uh, Saturday, of course, the Braves got rain, rained out to set up the uh, postponement and um, the doubleheaders today. Uh, it was the first time the Diamondbacks have been postponed for weather in 866 games, hmm. which I thought was nuts, and I, I still can't believe that's true. I mean, I know it doesn't famously doesn't, doesn't rain there, and they have the they have the roof at home, but yeah. you still go to Colorado a lot, and like you go other places where it rains. <laughs> like it just seems wild to me that like, that's like. You know, that's five and a half seasons, even if you include last year's shortened season. That's, you know, six seasons pretty much without a rainout of any kind. Yes, yeah, that was insane. a fun little stat. Yeah, again, I guess it, hey, it pays. They have a dome, of course, because of the heat. And then it never ran. I don't even think the Padres and the Dodgers have a tarp. And 
San Francisco. <laughs> it gets kind of cold, but that's just kind of how it is living on the bay. I mean, um, I, I assume but, as a non-Arizona resident, it's just 98 and sunny every day, um, tw- 12 months a year. So Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Every every three months, we get a little bit of a cloud and a rainstorm, but... Um, every, but yes, I, you, Come on. when I saw that, yeah, once every, I saw LA and I got hail and well, that's that. what happened on, that's what, that's what happened on Saturday. It was, uh, yeah. it was pretty, pretty nasty on Saturday evening. So yeah, I, I wanted to always say that because, because you were here as the, uh, as the Arizona, there we go. um, that was a wild one to me. And you mentioned the injuries. Uh, there were some updates, nothing like earth shattering free through a side session Friday and felt good, which is a good sign. Martin is not going to go to the alt site. They're going to have him up pretty soon, uh, it seems like. So that's good to see. One thing I wanted to talk about briefly here is Pache. So he went. He started his rehab on Friday at the alternate site. Snickers said that they want to get him regular playing time, get him sorted out, like sort of fix his swing or whatever's going on there. And there's no timetable on his return. Like Bowman talked about him staying in Gwinnett until the season starts for AAA, which is another week plus. It seems like their intent to roll with Heredia. I mean, I don't want to overstate this, but it seems like they're kind of banishing Pache a little bit because of a slow start. Like, I know he got hurt, and that's mm. that yeah. gives them cover here, but it feels like a young guy getting uh, piled on a little bit here, which would not be out of the ordinary for the Braves, let's just say. <laughs> it, it seems a little extreme. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's so hard to know yeah. what would have happened with development in the minor leagues really over the last year and a half, right? Like there was no minor league season last year. There's still none starting up and, you know, 10 days from now, I don't know. Pache was, was very overwhelmed. I mean, he, other than one or maybe two plate appearances that I can think of off the top of my head, it's like, okay, that, that was pretty good. He looked bad. Um, yeah. yeah, it was rough. And I think, I think DOB also kind of mentioned they're like, Hey, they may use this. I know, they, they don't have a ton of great options in center field, but they may use a couple weeks just to kind of get him right, hopefully. Not even and, healthy, but just fix the swing. But, and Heredia's been yeah. fine. I mean, that, that gives him cover, too. Heredia's done his job reasonably well. Yeah. I just think it's notable because, you know, in in spring, there was a lot of, like, Snicker on the record talking about, like, you know, basically any offense is a bonus with Pache. Like, it seemed like he was talking about it in a real-life way, like – knowing that it might be a struggle early on, but they were ready to give him playing time. And then basically like he had a week and now he's, <laughs> I, know, I know he got hurt, but uh, there wasn't yeah. not a, not a whole, not a super long leash here. It seems with watching. No, no. Which Who is, knows? I get it. But, yeah, man. Uh, uh, if it's going to ultimately make Pache a better big leaguer in the long haul, I'm certainly for it. But, yeah. That's the hope. Um, I don't know what, if there's a huge difference one way or the other, but, yeah, that was a little interesting when I saw that report come through. I was like, "Oh, huh, this is not just them bringing him along slowly from his groin injury. Like, there's there's something here." No, I mean they're basically saying, without saying specifically, that he's kind of ready to go now, health wise, and they're just going to let him play down there for a while. Which, again, I'm not like viscerally upset by this. I just think it was noteworthy, and it just is a reminder that the Braves have not always given guys a lot of time to get right. A lot of it, a lot of that's been pitching, honestly. They kind of got a lot more focus on the pitching side because their prospects kind of hit. Obviously, you know, Acuna and Nobby's being the biggest examples, they just kind of hit the ground running and were great. But um, they don't always have a lot of patience in this era. So no. anyway, uh, that was the other thing that was uh, sort of out there. And then Soroka, Snick gave a pretty interesting quote on Soroka. I'm going to quote this. This is from Wednesday. Quote, he's so far away, it's not even relevant right now. End quote. Mm. <laughs> that is not good. Oof. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm not, yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't mean to laugh, but Snit, you know, Snit is a, uh, I, I, I appreciate his candor a lot of the time. That was a candid moment that was kind of an eyebrow raiser. It might've just been yeah. sort of an offhand thing, but man, that's not what you want to hear about your uh, potential ace um, coming back. No, I mean, and, and Soroka's had some shoulder issues too. I think it was, what year did he debut? 2018, that he had some shoulder concerns. And then, of course, the Achilles. And you just hope the kid can get healthy. We've seen how good he can be on the mound when he's, when his body is cooperating. And you, you you just hope that it was Snit just kind of, as you said, he's very candid. In yeah, those being things being folksy, maybe. Maybe some folksy snicker, yeah. snicker there. Uh, that, that's the hope. Um, I mean, hopefully he's not like... Yeah gone for months now but like if you just read that quote out of context and don't understand snickers like tone and general operating that could be a pretty scary quote he's well, not he's know, not relevant right now <laughs> like whoa yeah okay like, and i know he's been snit's been asked basically every day every other day for updates on soroka and with good yeah. reason right you can argue he's this team's best pitcher when he's healthy but maybe he's just kind of tired of answering and he's like no you're looking at least another month or maybe two before he's back but um yeah, it was a when I saw that I was like, oh, that's not that's not great. No, so I wanted to make sure we got that on, uh, up there again. We're not going to go through the entire game to game stuff. We, I think we covered pretty much everything that happened this week. Other than uh, I'll end one on one positive note. In addition to Austin Riley, can we talk about um, Enoa doing the mix it up after he doubled for his <laughs> career his first career hit? That was amazing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's been again. I mean, his the, the offensive contributions were a surprise. He also had, there's a great video of him. I don't know if he has ever rounded first base before. Oh my in a god, that that, that gif is making the rounds. That is incredible yes. stuff. He looks he looks like a six year old trying to figure like you know he hits the ball and all the parents are screaming at him to you know run, run to second base and he just kind of like ran a straight line and then and then zipped a second. Oh my god, find um, that if you missed that somehow, Braves fans, yes. find that video. It is unbelievable I, it looks like me running the bases it really does <laughs> like i am not i yeah. am not athletic at all at this point in my life or i really never was but uh man it, it really is you don't see a professional athlete look like, look like that very often uh pitchers are sort of a different breed anyway i get that but man he just has no idea what he's doing there <laughs> it's it's very funny <laughs> yes a good light-hearted moment on Friday night and what was the only win of that series. But yes, it was he very cool up. to see him Ugh. mix it up. Got not only one hit, but two hits, two hits, incredible. drove in a run, I think. So yeah, it was, it was a good time. That was incredible. I wanted to end on a light note there. And that was, uh, that was fun. Okay. This week, the Braves have the Cubs coming in for four beginning on Monday, uh, which is interesting. And then they go to Toronto for three. It's a two series road trip. It starts on Friday. So not a terrible schedule. Um, the Cubs are not, great we'll say they got i don't think i beat today pretty soundly i'm looking at the cubs now i should prep this but yeah um yeah they lost 6-0 to the brewers but they faced uh brandon woodruff who's been absurd so and they're 10 and 11 they're not you know they're not playing terribly they're not playing great the cubs had some relatively modest expectations coming in coming into the year so that'll be interesting series i think the cubs are capable of beating the braves any night and and vice versa so that's kind of a toss-up and then you go to to Toronto is a talented team as well on the road, so no gimmies this week, although no, like, total treacherous stuff either. No, the Cubs have been a little, I mean, kind of like the Braves, honestly, a little Jekyll and Hyde. Sometimes they look great, sometimes they look horrible. Uh, it's it's always weird when a team is completely done with an opponent four weeks into the year, but it is what it is with the schedule makers. 
And then Toronto was a team very trendy in the preseason, but they have some injuries. I think Ryu, who is, of course, uh, a big free agent acquisition for them, uh, he's hurt or got hurt today. George Springer, I don't believe, has been activated yet. So they, they have some injury issues as well. But, man, hopefully, how nice would it be to, for Atlanta to go, I don't know, 5-2 and two this week and hopefully kind of start to figure some things out. They could use that for, for sure. I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but they could certainly use a 5-2 and two to get back to 500 and get some positive momentum going. So there's that. We've covered a lot of ground here. Uh, again, sort of out of the ordinary for us mid-season to do just sort of a broad stuff conversation, but there was plenty to, plenty to get to, and man, today was no fun. So hopefully no more of that. No more uh, one hit in 14 inning days to cover. Would be one nice. hit, 14 innings, and we are past the midnight hour for you, Brad. So that that's... Uh, a, a pro's pro doing oh, this this late. Yeah, the the Hawks had a night game tonight. Uh, that was a more fun atmosphere as the Hawks won again because they're kind of rolling. I guess the Braves and the Hawks can't be good at the same time. Uh, there's probably a study to be had on that, but uh, essentially the Hawks have been bad for four years while the Braves have been good, and now the Hawks are getting good mm-hmm. again, and maybe the Braves are bad. I don't know. But yeah. uh, maybe maybe the Stars are not allowed to align for the two teams that I cover the most to be good at the same time. But. Here we are. Yes, it's 12.13 a.m. as we're recording this, so it's time to sign off, although it's only 9 o'clock your time. Um, I'm sure the Oscars are still going because they never end, but I have no idea <laughs> I what's heard, going on there. I, I caught a few minutes, and it was just weird, and then I heard it was a debacle at the end. Like sure. They didn't, uh, they, didn't, they didn't save Best Picture for last, uh, which is what? weird considering yeah. it's the biggest award, and then um, – I guess they were banking on. Uh, well, I won't spoil it, but I, I guess it was just a very awkward finish to the uh, to the award show. So if you... no spoilers. I, I was I was gonna go watch that entire four hour ceremony after this. There so, you go. No, don't it was it. riveting. Don't for me. With an average with uh, no music or anything, I think the average uh, acceptance speech was like eight minutes long. Oh man, just just riveting stuff, Bradley. Can't but... wait to dial in on that now and watch it till four a.m. Um, <laughs> there you go. All right, Scott. Well, that's enough for us. Please follow Scott on the Twitter machine, which is at ScottColeman55, I believe. That's the one. Yep. Uh, if you want to yell at him, feel free. I-, I tried my best to juice your mentions by mentioning the Austin Riley stuff multiple times this week. So my apologies. That's what Eric does to me all the time about anything <laughs> that I say. Eric will start adding me about whatever happens. So all in good fun here on the Twitter machine. And uh, follow the site at Talking Shop. You can follow me for Hawks Takes at BT Roland. Please subscribe to the podcast. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard, but subscribe slash follow, uh, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Also, there's a road to Atlanta from this past weekend that is very relevant as the minor league season gets cut off. So that's still uh, up in the feed. And uh, minor league baseball will be coming soon. So I know in a lot of circles, Talking Chop is much better known for its minor league coverage. So that's coming very soon. Our guys are fantastic. We always say they're the best in the business at covering uh, great minor league stuff. So... That'll be happening, and then Scott and I can just talk about Major League stuff and hopefully not uh, in a terribly negative hmm. way. So. <laughs> yeah, brighter days. Let's all hope brighter days brighter are days here again. And... Yeah, yeah. All right, folks. Thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you next time.